0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to an episode sort of Fever and Up. Today, I'm your host, Karl Mugazi, and I'm joined by Paige. Hey, everybody. TJ. Hey, everyone. And our guest today is Elizabeth Oliviero. Hello,
1: everyone.
2: Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. I created a system that I used to find jobs and later contracts as a freelancer. If you're looking for a job or trying to figure out where you should go next, then check out my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. The book walks you through figuring out what you want, vetting companies that meet your criteria, meeting that company's employees, and getting them to recommend you for a job. Don't settle for whoever has listed their job on the job board. Go out and proactively find the job you'll love. Buy the book at devchat.tv slash That's devchat.tv slash Could you give us an intro about
0: yourself, who you are, and how you uh, get to coding? Yes. So my name is Elizabeth Oliveira. I
1: was born in Mozambique, and my... My father is Portuguese, my mother from Mozambique. So when I was like two years old, I moved to Lisbon and my family was always creative. I don't think we were born like with skills for music or these things, but we are always doing like uh, entertainment, let's say. So I remember that my father once bought like a Spectrum computer and we start like playing games and then we had like a Mega Drive and the Nintendo. And I always liked consoles and games and this type of technology. And but I never thought that I could be a developer or designer. uh, Because when I went to school, I all the classes for related with technology were only like men. So I never thought I could be some like something related. So I ended up like going to uh, science. I wanted to do something related maybe with medicine or... But when I finished my, the secondary school, I was a little bit lost and I ended up like going to cinema. So it wasn't nothing like related, but I only stayed one year and I quit. So I was totally lost and then I ended up going to an events uh, course and uh, related with tourism. I finished, I did like the three years, I got the bachelor. And after that, that's when I start uh, realizing that I was good like doing uh, design and development.
0: Awesome. So today you'll, you'll kind of um, talk to us about um, React and SVGs. So as a, as a starting point, um, what is it that you want to talk to us about React and SVGs and how we can use them in our day-to-day work?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, I always, because I consider myself more like a designer than a developer, every development Things that I do, it's more um, because I want to achieve a design. So I basically learned to code because I didn't have like someone to help me, and I wanted to build things. So <laughs> I ended up like uh, having to to code. One day, I just realized that SVGs is a really easy way to to translate a design to code. So with CSS, you basically have to. Let's say, like, I uh, have a project called Cassette Tape, and if I had to do that with CSS, it will take some time, like, to put the wheels in the right position, to put the play and pause buttons in the right position. And with the SVG, you just, like, create with Sketch or Figma, and then when you put it in the browser, it's already everything in the right position, and you can then just interact with uh, JavaScript. So I kind of start like, getting... When I found about SVGs like few years ago, I started like realizing, oh, this is awesome! We can create a really good things with this, and that's when I start like using it.
3: So I'm very curious as someone uh, that has no. So you, first of all, your life story is at least a thousand times more interesting than mine. I've lived a fairly mundane existence. <laughs> I also have almost no design talent, so. Let's say I wanted to get in and create some SVGs. What would you say is like the easiest path for someone that's completely new to this? Like you mentioned Sketch, like what is like my like the easiest steps for me to create like a really simple SVG if I wanted to try this out?
1: Yeah, I think the easiest way and I think in one talk of Sarah Drasner, she told that you don't need to have like design skills because you already have a lot of resources. So if you go to websites like flat icon or there's a few websites where you can download SVGs and for free. And then maybe you can just imagine that you want to create, I don't know, like um, a forest. Maybe you can go to this website and you grab the trees and uh, you can grab a sun and you start just putting all the pieces together with Sketch or Figma. Uh, I think Figma will be easier because uh, you can do it on the browser and it's free. And then uh, you can l- just start exporting the, let's say, the artboard that you created. And then you can, if you open with the code editor, you will see that everything is already like in code.
4: Do you have any um, any tips or tricks that you've learned for working successfully with SVGs in React? Because I've had some issues in the past of either importing them and getting them to show up or having to do some special webpack configurations. So if you've got any advice there, I'd love to hear it.
1: I think the first thing is what are you going to do with the SVG? If I'm going to animate the SVG and actually use a tool like Figma, by default, when you export it, it will remove the IDS. So you, when you're exporting, you have to specifically say, I want to keep the IDs. And so it's something, if I'm going just to have like an icon or to export an icon, I will try to minify and optimize. So I don't need the IDs and I just wanted to have the most, uh, with the best optimization possible. Mm-hmm. But um, if I want to animate it, I need to know what is what. So the only way that I, I can see that is, If I keep the IDs, so uh, let's say that I have that cassette tape, I have to write, okay, this is the play button, this is the pause button. And the only way then when I'm opening with uh, the editor to see what is what is to keep that IDs.
0: One thing I've struggled about with SVGs is understanding how to use the path, for example, in SVGs, and then you've got all the other kind of attributes. So how best can you actually learn what those mean and how to maybe get the right size and the, the view box? Because that part for me has always confused me and I've never quite understood how to do that.
1: Actually, I'm most like using like in, uh, creating things with tools, like uh, design tools. I'm not, I, I kind of understand, okay, that you have to keep the, to get the best ratio, you have to keep the view box, But I'm not like digging in that way, like I'm not creating this, which is just with code. I think it's too difficult. And uh, if someone can do that, (laughs) really, I I think it's a genius. I think maybe like a rectangle or easy. (laughs) you have like easy shapes, but these shapes like, like paths and all that numbers that the path definitions that are generated, I think they're really complex.
3: So then is your workflow, like if you're working on, you have an FCG imported and you decide you need to make a change to the SVG itself, will you essentially then open like your image editor, whatever that might be, make your change and then like re-import it so that you can test it from there?
1: It depends. Like I can use a SVGR, uh, you have like SVGR CLI or, and I can like export from, from Figma and then run and export the SVGs inside like a project. And then if the project is React, I have like the, the SVGR there. And basically I create like a, a script that will run my SVGs and then will transform the SVGs into React components. Or I can do it like manually. And sometimes I actually prefer to do it manually. And the manual process is like I export it, I go to a website, As we go, I optimize the SVG, I download the SVG from that website, and then I go to another website and I transform the SVG into React component. But with SVGR, you can do that. Everything, optimize and then transform into a React component.
3: So I'm curious, I've got the SVGR repo up here. Um, What... Can you explain to me what this is actually doing? Because the extent of everything I've done with SVG is I just import an S like import my file.svg in with React. So like why what does making I guess why would I want to make an SVG into an actual React component? Like what additional things does that allow me to, to do?
1: Yeah, so um when you have like the SVG and it's not a React component, you have like the you know that uh, um, the GSX, you have to, it's almost like the names, like the attributes, like almost like a camel case. So the real SVGs, you have like the dash separating. So if you import that way, or if you don't have like SVGR in your webpack configured, when you're importing the SVG or if you're putting the SVG in line, it will um, give some errors. Okay. So, the way to fix that there is to uh, search and replace and transform that, that attributes to GSX. So with SVGR, if you, run, um, if you create your own script, it will automatically, you can even define a template and you, you can even say, let's say that you have like a color or a fill in your SVG and you want to replace that color uh, with the props.color. So with your SVGR script, you can say, okay, I want to replace this color with props dot color. So you don't need to do all these things like uh, manually. And even like if you have a template, you can already have in your template default props, prop types. The name you can define that if you want to to add something to your ID. So let's say I have this project via Kawaii, and uh, I can say like. That all the IDs that I want to have like a prefix React Kawaii underscore and then the name of the ID.
3: And then presumably you'd also use then you'd be able to say add events or like behavior to that SVG then as well, once you're in JSX territory, correct? Yes. Okay. I saw a talk
0: that you gave, I think was it at React Berlin? And you were demoing using um, Reacts and SVGs, but also with audio as well. So how did you go about doing the application and what things did you kind of learn and tricks that you got from that?
1: Yeah, so I really like music. And, and for uh, some period of my life, I, I was like a rapper in Portugal. And so I always liked music. So um, I think I have this dream that one day I'm going to build something related with music. And so for years, I always, something that motivates me when I create like a design, is it something like related with music? That's why one of my projects was that cassette tape. But all my talks were related only with SVGs. And one day I said, okay, why I'm always uh, just talking about illustration and SVGs. Maybe my illustrations could be uh, related with uh, music so I said okay uh, let me try to to explore SVGs and music what can I do and then the first thing that came to my mind was like uh, a basic audio player and normally a basic audio player you have like a button that when you click play it can transform and pause and then you can have like the, the timer and all of these things and I was like, okay, I can the play and the pause can be just the SVG icon, and then you can have like to see where the, the time is and the music. You can have like normally it's just a circle. And I was like, what what happened if I replace these elements with more like creative SVGs? And it's like really basic because the code for how the player you have everywhere. There's a lot of, also a lot of plugins and a lot of people teaching how to create a basic audio player with React. So I basically just replaced the, okay, and one of those codes I replaced like play, I replaced that circle. So I had this um, speech from Neil Armstrong landing the moon. And I was like, because we're talking about the moon, I'm going to create a player that is related with the moon. So so basically, the circle that says where what is the actual the current time I replaced with the moon and and it's something very easy with the SVGs. You just like create the design and you export it and then you replace the icons of the audio player.
3: Now, this is pretty fascinating because you're you're right in the sense that if I if you would have tasked me with building something like this, my first thought would never have been SVG. I would have. For sure, busted out a million divs like that's where I would have started <laughs> and CSS, and I would have been frustrated. And I'm actually just so uh, I've got the app up here, and it's actually kind of fascinating, and it it really makes a lot of sense, and it almost makes me wonder like what other problems we should be thinking of in terms of SVG first instead of just throwing a million divs and CSS at all all of our problems. Yeah,
1: actually, like I think like the, uh, right now maybe the the CSS is more like flexible for UI because uh, if you have like a mobile view or a desktop view, it's maybe easier to transform everything. Like that example of the cassette say To make it like responsive, it's basically the cassette that grows and proportionally. So at some point it can get really small and the buttons can get small. So I think for some... Say maybe for real UI, it's better to use CSS. But for creative things, if you're going to create something that is really unique, it's better to go with, uh, with SVG.
4: So Elizabeth, maybe you already talked about this, but how did you get into SVGs? Because that, to me, is one of the more intimidating aspects of CSS and HTML and just pretty much web development in general. It's not something that I would just you know, start playing around with, I guess, in my free time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was because I, uh, I decided. So when I quit the uh, events industry, so I was working doing like events. And uh, so I finished university. I was working doing these shows and then the crisis started in Portugal. So we start people started not going to shows. So at some point, all the money that I was making were from those events. So I didn't have like a, a good salary at the end of the month because people stopped going to, to these shows. And I also was like doing music shows and I ended up not having too many shows. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do something. And I was, a lot of my friends, oh, we're really talented doing sites. you know. <laughs> so I started doing sites, but then basically like WordPress websites and and I was like yeah but I have to maybe take a course and so I decided that I wanted to create mobile apps so I went to a iOS course and and at the end of the course I had to create a, a project and I was like yeah I'm going to create this uh, cassette tape to make like freestyles so my idea was I would have like the mobile phone with a cassette tape and every time I wanted to make a freestyle I would press play and Uh, record my freestyle but then the most frustrating thing at the end of the course is I couldn't I could do all the code but the design of the cassette tape with uh, at that time with uh, I think it was Auto layout the name of the iOS thing uh, and so the design was awful and I found it too complex And I already knew how to use CSS and how to design. And I was like, my gosh, this is so, it was so difficult to create this like with Xcode. And so one day I saw my, after maybe two years, I moved from Lisbon to Dublin. And when I was in Dublin, I just saw my design of that cassette tape for the iOS app. And I was like, maybe now that I know more about Frontend, maybe I can try to do this again. And then my mind was already thinking, how can I split all these elements in CSS? How can I create this cassette tape with CSS? But then, I don't know how, I just saw that SVG was very similar to the HTML. And I was like, what if I export this cassette tape? What if I export as an SVG? And then I try just to animate with JavaScript or a CSS. And then I start just trying to animate it. We'll just, okay, if I press play, I just want to rotate the wheels. And I think it was the first time I tried to use the SVG. And then I, once I start like animating it so easily, just saying, okay, when I click on this, uh, when I select this ID and on click this button, and it was so easy that, okay, now I can create whatever I want with my imagination. I just have to design it, export it, and and that's it. Sounds so simple when you put it that way.
2: (laughs) Yeah. If you're a front-end developer looking for remote work, then I recommend G2i, a React and React Native-focused hiring platform that will connect you directly with their clients that need your skill set. What makes G2i a unique hiring experience is that they spend the time marketing you to their clients of your choice. G2i is a team of engineers that technically vets you up front. If you pass their vetting, their clients have agreed to skip their initial interview process, saving you time and energy getting your next gig. They take care of all the hard work for you so you can get focused on development. To join G2i, go to g2i.co and apply.
0: So one thing I want to touch upon as well is you've created a library, I think you referenced it earlier, called uh, React Kawaii. And it's basically described as a library of cute SVG SVG stations. So how did you go about designing those um, SVG uh, components and actually building a library around that?
1: It was most uh, because when I moved to Dublin, and after I discovered this cassette tape thing, I was working for a startup, and it was related with cinema and analytics. So we wanted to make the, to make like the our product like funny, because in cinema you have a lot of things like you can use the Batman, or uh, you can have a code from um, I don't know any movie in the world. Uh, ET or, so we said, okay, we have to do this more like creative. So we were also uh, working with Alibaba. At the time it was on, um, it was working with us and Alibaba was like supporting the company. It was called Showtime Analytics. And uh, so the design from Europe, from the design from China, it's a little bit different. And so we, we start working with some designers and developers from China when they start realizing that they are so creative. You know, they can use like cute things, this type of kawaii illustrations. And in Europe, we are like, everything is boring. <laughs> like all the apps are similar. It's like we have the same type of buttons everywhere. So at some point I, I was, okay, we have to design something like... With, and put like these cute illustrations. So we start introducing like tickets, uh, with a cute face uh on the tickets, and uh and after that we introduced this type of illustrations, but then the the startup was too small. So basically we had like maybe at the time two uh designers and I was Not a real designer at the time. I really wanted to be a designer, but I was like the developer designer. So I was helping the front-end team and sometimes the design team. And we didn't have like enough time to every time we needed a new design, someone has to create it. So I created like in Sketch with symbols. I put all of these faces and then my colleague, The other colleague doing design just had to pick the right face and put on top of the ticket or put it on top of the popcorn. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, everything, every time doing the same. So if we we needed like an error state and we needed an illustration for error state, basically it was the popcorn with the sad face. If it was a success state, it was the popcorn with the happy face. And so I I started realizing this pattern that, We are just basically repeating the same type of illustration, exporting over and over again similar illustrations, just changing the face. So I start thinking, what if I put like a if statement inside of the SVG and using with React? So you can say with, uh, you can with uh, uh, passing a prop, saying what is the mood, if it's up, it's sad. And then, according to that mood, it will get the face. like if it's sad, it will lower the happy face. If it's sad, it's going to lower the sad face. so i tr- I tried to translate that that SVGs into a React component. and at the time, I didn't know about SVGR. so all the process was like manual, like exporting. I've created like the face components, and the face component was just receiving that props, the mood props, happy, sad, KO, and, and then every time we needed a new body, and the body could be a planet, it could be a popcorn, it could be a ticket, and then actually, then I finished the component, and I don't think we start using it a lot because we already had uh, others illustration, and then it was like not a priority. So I, I put it like the project open source on my GitHub and it stayed there forever. <laughs> but one day I just started seeing that I was having a lot of uh, people starting the project. And I was like, well, what happened? It was, I think, maybe one year after I open sourced it. And it was someone from Facebook that discovered uh, sh- and shared it on Twitter. And then I start feeling like all the pressure. Oh my gosh, this is un- <laughs> unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bugs and issues. And, but then a lot of people start like contributing and actually improving the code because I was not even optimizing at that time. It was really exporting from Sketch and uh, the if statements inside and that's it.
4: <laughs> Very cool.
0: Yes, so so on that point, actually, um, it's something I've always um, wondered about. And as um, I've looked at libraries like React or other libraries that people build, I mean, when you build your own library and then you actually have it reach um, a wider audience, how do you go about? Okay, planning what next to build in terms of okay, if somebody has an issue that they raise and it's maybe a feature to add to the SVGs or something, how do you decide? Okay. this feature I'm going to implement it or this one or maybe leave it for a, a different time.
1: actually it's difficult to plan what, what's coming next. I, I think it's more what people are uh, having problems or issues with. and with React Col, it was people using React Native that start complaining, "Oh, we can't use." <laughs> that was like, okay, <laughs> I, I went to code Sandbox. I saw like a React Native project. And I imported the library, and I said, yeah, it works. So I closed the issue. <laughs> <laughs> that After works. S-
3: works on my machine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it works in code. <laughs> After some time, someone came again and said, oh, I can, see it does not work in, in React Native. And I point, pointed to the CodeSandbox project, yeah, but... I'm using it. The problem is I never used React Native before. So then someone said, "Oh no, it's not working." And I try okay to run it like on uh, my local host, and I I can I use something. I I think there's now a new project for React Native that is easy to set up. I use something, and I actually imported, and I couldn't, and I said, "Yeah." Okay, why is it it's not working? That's when I realized the way the SVGs are handled and React Native is different. So there's a different plugin to import the SVGs. So instead of um, transforming it to the normal React component, I have to transform it a specific type of React component. And actually with the, the SVGR, you can export as a normal React component or as a React component for React Native. So then, okay, I start like first exporting to um, the normal React component and then we search and replace for React Native. But with time, because it starts being like, uh, it's for me, it's a little bit difficult to test in React Native. So my last components are not in React Native anymore. <laughs> Because (laughs) then I had this goal, oh, I need to create this awesome SVGR script that will transform everything with one command line. It will transform into normal React components and React Native. So now that's what I'm doing because I'm realizing that the manual process, it's not going to work. So that's now the priority. So what I'm doing now, uh, I already have a script working. And it's not the best script ever. It's a lot of if statements. But
0: <laughs> the best kind.
1: Yes. Best kind. A lot of exceptions. I believe if a real developer is going to see my script, he's going to say, well, we shouldn't use a switch or something. But no, <laughs> But no. it's working for now. <laughs>
3: All, at the end of the day, all apps are basically just a whole bunch of if statements. So that's really all yeah. yes. all we're actually doing at the end of the day.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if it works, don't don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> I,
0: um, I I recall the first time I actually looked at the React code base, the source code, and then I got to the part where they were trying to um, handle between different. Um, I think it was I had the component types, and it's basically like a whole list of if this, if this, if. And, and, and I thought, yes, at least I know that it's been used by React, so I'm good as well if I use enough <laughs> in, my, in my code as well.
1: <laughs> it's good enough for the entire React team. It's good enough. Exactly. For us. Yes. <laughs> Working with my colleagues, uh, I'm in a design team. It's like the Kibana design and the last UI design team. and uh, And we have two developers, real developers, and then we have <laughs> This type of designers that we are designers we can code, but we don't consider we' are not considered engineers let's say, and sometimes it's so difficult to me when i have when I have to grab the code of the real engineers, I'm like, "What is he it doing It's much easier to understand the code of a colleague that is like a designer because it's easy to see oh if this happening. <laughs> Yeah. And the other has a lot of abstractions and things. It's your life. Oh,
3: my gosh. What is it doing? No, I know so. what you mean. I think, like, one trap I think people that have been coding for a long time is you, you, you sort of value cleverness over readability. And mm-hmm. I've certainly fallen into that trap. And it, it's funny, as you were mentioning the React code base, So I, I used to be involved in the, the jQuery project. And looking at the jQuery source code, one thing that whoever worked on this, you know, and it's a variety of people at this point, absolutely loved nested ternary statements. <laughs> so all over oh, the jQuery yeah. source code, you'd see like, if you know, this equals <laughs> this, but then it becomes an absolute catastrophe of question marks and colons everywhere, and it's totally unintelligible. And I mean, I've been writing JavaScript code for over a decade, and I'm looking at this and going. I have absolutely no clue what's going on here. So it is kind of interesting to hear your perspective because I've certainly experienced this as well where people just, it's a common trap. And I think in a way, React almost enables it a little bit too because you can be very clever with React. uh, But sometimes we don't think about the next person looking at that line of code that we write because sometimes it can be a complete bunch of nonsense too.
4: Yeah, ES6 is enabling it as well, especially with some of the new stuff that they're adding, like, you know, optional uh, field definitions. And yeah, it's it's getting less and less readable if you don't know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though I use them a fair bit in, in my own coding, um, I don't really like arrow functions. <laughs> I, prefer, <laughs> I prefer like the old-fashioned function Name, open brackets, do your stuff as opposed to like this whole concise and uh, voice uh, one line one line
3: coding stuff that's coming into just yeah sometimes just assigning like trying to do something in one line of code sometimes it's a lot easier to create a variable because then even like that variable's name can make the code more readable, even if the variable's technically unnecessary, uh, just like little things like that, things that are more verbose oftentimes can help quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to fall into the trap. I've done it. I've wrote totally unintelligible code. I think all of us have at some point.
4: So Elizabeth, I was wondering, do you have a lot of opportunities at your current position to to use SVGs? Because I know for my team, at least, we probably have like, less than five in our entire application. The rest are just icons or little <laughs> JPEGs and PNGs that our design team helps make for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually, every time I start like a new job, I, I have this thing in mind and try to do basic things. And so I, was, I had this in mind, Though I'm not going to start creating these uh, weird illustrations and creating like unnecessary things. But my manager... Start saying, "Oh, why don't you?" I remember the first empty state that I created for Kibana. It was so boring because I was <laughs> following what was already there. So I just put like the text and the button, a call to action. And my manager, "Whoa, yeah, you can maybe be more creative with your own style." <laughs> okay, I try. I just put like an icon from from the design system, the text and the button. And I like, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit better, but don't worry if you want to. So after some months, I finally start putting Kawaiis. <laughs> 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 so my last empty state, I was trying to explain what it's like uh, index pattern and Elasticsearch. And I was oh yeah, transforming um a database into index patterns. So I created like a database and an arrow and what I thought, this is an index pattern. And then everyone, oh, this is not, um, I think what you put as an index pattern should be the database and the database should be the index patterns. And then I I was like, okay, uh, what can I do to improve this illustration? So then I put like a planet's, a Kawaii that is the planets and the database and the planet is like flying in between the database. And then everyone was like, Oh, now it's better. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But now it doesn't mean anything. So I think it, and then for another application called graph, I also start putting like illustrations and animating the illustrations and um, and then I just use when when you're when like creating normal icons. And I think that's the only places where we're using like SVGs is for illustrations and for icons.
0: Oh. So, um, are there any other things you think are important to know about SVGs and um, how you can use them besides what you've already covered so far? Oh,
1: yeah, I think they're great for illustrations. I think the. Uh, I saw that the, uh, a lot of websites still using PNGs or even if they use uh, SVG, they import as an image. Then don't use the SVG in line. And if you use the SVG in line, it's so easy then to grab like an ID or uh, an element. And with a little bit of CSS, you can like rotate or create a small animation or even like on over. Instead of going on over and uh, maybe apply like um, to scale all the image, you can just uh, scale a few elements, so it creates much more like unique illustrations and animations and UI things. Yeah, I go to a lot of websites and I just see like yeah, first like these PNGs, sometimes not even like with the best quality. Even if you import uh, SVG as a normal as an image instead of being in line, even this way will have better quality because it's like a vector image.
2: When I first started taking computer science classes in college, I thought programming was just a joke. In fact, I changed my major over to engineering and started doing computer engineering and chip design. Then I found Ruby and I fell in love. I love Ruby. It was my first real programming language where I dove deep and really learned how to make software that makes a difference for other people. Since then... And the way that we got started with devchat.tv, we started a show called Ruby Rogues. It's currently in the 400s of episodes. We've talked to hundreds of people in the Ruby community about the Ruby community, about the Ruby programming language, about Rails, and about what makes good programming. So if you're interested in Ruby Rogues, or you just want to hear a long series of experienced programmers talking about real problems, then go check out rubyrogues.com. All right,
0: cool. So if
3: everyone's okay, shall we go to picks? All right, I'm um, TJ.
0: going I go out first...
3: Sure, yeah, I can go first. Uh, I think I've been watching, so Paige, I think you picked this a few weeks ago, but Tiger King on netflix yes. uh it's a show that I sort of resisted watching because I didn't think I would like it, and I totally got way into it and had to watch the whole thing so it's It's one of those things that I feel like now you you sort of have to watch it to appreciate the memes and the the internet <laughs> culture that's that's built up around it uh, so we we marathoned through it and it was it was surprisingly entertaining. So that's, that's my pick for this week. Awesome. Um, Paige?
4: Sure. I came across um, this really cool color or color uh, palette generator uh, when I was fiddling around this past weekend, it's called coolers.com. So C O O L O R S.com. It's just a really neat way to come up with color palettes that you generate based on you know, just kind of a random generator. And as you come across colors that you like, you can save them and lock them down and then use the generator to keep finding more complementary colors. Or you can look at the million and a half palettes that other people have already made. So if you're like looking to, I guess, design a new website or just see some really nicely designed color schemes, um, I'd highly recommend it. It's free to use. It's really easy to get started. It's pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Um, so my pick for this week is a drawing app called Excalidraw, And I love it because um, I do a fair bit of blogging. And sometimes when I do write articles, I like to explain things using images. And um, it's really it's really simple to use. Um, just basically you can draw flow charts or... Any kind of um, animations, and um, I think it's actually the source is in, actually in React as well. So if you want to, you can actually go to the um, the repo and put and add any uh, pull requests or add any features you want to see in the in the app. So yeah, it's really handy for uh, kind of sketching out um, flowcharts, like I said, or if you want to kind of explain something using images. Um, again, it's, it's it's good for that. Elizabeth, have you got any pics for us this week?
1: Yeah, maybe I can be uh, a conference that is going to happen and it's the uh, womenofreact.com and, uh, and I help with the design. So <laughs> I'm not actually like involved uh, in the organization itself. I just uh, help. And I think it's going to be a real good conference and it's really cool to see a lot of women together doing this and uh, it's totally free. and. It's something that I'm going to watch, and that's cool. <laughs>
3: it's it's very on brand that all of these things are SVGs and pretty awesome.
4: <laughs>
1: yes. too.
3: It's like the first thing oh. I did is like started to inspect <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah,
1: cool. Actually, when I create that, I, I did like the design, and I was yeah. Each card should be uh, should be like a React component, but uh, a function, a functional component, and when we are like implementing the. The design, it was uh, Sarah and uh, Rachel implementing and they didn't put export const everywhere. They thought it was just an example in my design. And I was, no, no, the idea is we have to put that export const. And actually then, Dan AbraMo from the React team, he went to the website and he did like a pull request fixing a few errors that we had in our (laughs) components. Because like, for instance, export const, a woman of react, we didn't notice and it was not, it was like the word separated women of react and then, oh no, it should be.
3: So Um, it really
1: took, (laughs) (laughs) and it was funny. And like, yeah, next time we should have like a design lint. (laughs) Yeah. Cool.
0: So if um, anybody wants to find you online, um, where can they find you on uh, Twitter website, what links can they go to?
1: I think more like Twitter. Actually, it's funny because my previous job, I was contacted on Twitter, and then I realized that I didn't have my email anywhere.) And <laughs> 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 so someone was like, "Oh, I was trying to send you an email and, uh, and I was okay. So I, I think the best ways to contact you is actually t- Twitter, LinkedIn. I know that people hate LinkedIn, <laughs> but that's a good way for contacting.
0: So I'll, I'll put your Twitter handle in the show notes for anybody who wants to kind of get in touch yeah. and talk to you about SVGs or anything else yeah. um, about your work. So cool. So thank you so much for your time today. And um, cool. yeah, take care.
1: Okay. Yeah, thanks, thanks
0: so much. Bye, everyone. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Bye.